This is Movies, a podcast about the active cinema. With me today is Hans, who somehow has a, a, a webcam that is degrading itself more and more with every episode. I can't believe it. You look like you are from, uh, you know, I was saying before I was teasing him, I was saying it looked like his webcam was an early, like a late 90s J-horror picture. Nowadays, it feels very, uh, you know, they used to have these these games for the PC where it would just be actors acting, and then you would pick like one or two options, and depending on whatever you picked, they would just continue acting, but in a different way. And like it, Sega it, CD games. Sega CD game. That's right. Yes, same yeah. thing. That's what you look like right now. You look like a Sega CD game. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Why are you blind? Why I am I? No, that's a... just the yellow light. Huh? <laughs> Can't you see a, this right. yellow uh-huh. light over here? Uh, that's yeah. that's what you're seeing right now. You're not gonna reveal your white boy summer looks for. for Does this everyone? look like blonde to you? This is a brown. This is this uh-huh. is brown hair. You've never so, had brown hair either. <laughs> it's always <laughs> been dark as fuck. So yeah, it's your it's just your Ken. You're just doing your Ken thing. Yeah, for this the is summer, my version of Ken. I'm the Ken. That's what everybody likes to call me. Is Ken. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're gonna be talking a little. You know, Ken is a figure of a female toy line. Barbie, right? And we're going to be talking about a movie tonight that is certainly female-centric, that is for women, by women. Was it directed know, by a woman? This, this was not. Oh, okay. but the, Margaret, Margaret, uh, Margaret Thatcher, Margaret Atwood, yep. wrote The Handmaid's Tale. This is a book from 1985. Did you know it was a book? No. I thought it was just a series that came out like five years ago when people like to compare whatever's happening to the United States to that. I didn't even know what The Handmaiden was until this. Well, The Handmaiden is a Park Chan-wook film from 2016. It's very different. It's unrelated. It's very good. Very horny, too. Yeah. (laughs) Very horny. It's what, three stories? And they're all about, like, fucking in different ways? I think. I don't don't remember it that well. (laughs) I don't remember it that well. I saw it once. Uh, but yeah, this movie sucked. Uh, why did you pick this? I was very surprised when you say, "Hey, why don't we do the Handmaid's Tale?" So no, here, the hand. Here's, ha- what, here's is it? what we it got from the the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> here's what we got from the Monkey Jones statistics, which is that ever since he popped on this show, the audience has gotten younger and very slightly more female. And so my thing here is, if we do a female, not a topic necessarily, but like a book that women are interested right. in or a movie that women might be interested in. Maybe it has something to do with perfume nationalists too. Although that maybe that's like a very male audience. Uh I don't know. I don't know. That one's tough to gauge. There was a there was a comment that said uh they they came in here from perfume nationalists. So I don't know. But The Handmaid's Tale, this movie, I realized it existed because of an Instagram post. There's a, an account that I follow that post you remember back in the the day when you'd open up a magazine and you'd see videotape on sale twenty nine ninety nine coming so and it would be uh, an advert for that. I have one uh, back at my apartment for movies, the magazine from nineteen eighty two or three that has a VHS uh, a- advertisement for Gandhi. Okay, you ever see Gandhi? Who played Gandhi? Who played Gandhi in that movie? I think that was uh, Humphrey Bogart played Gandhi. <laughs> Just in brown face. 
Uh, it was Ben Kingsley guy... in brown face. Yeah, yeah, the guy that played the the Mandarin in in uh, Iron Man. Ah, 3. that's one. That's, yes, what, that's I what I know. Everybody knows from Ben Kingsley. <laughs> He's the Mandarin from the Iron Mandarin. Man. The Mandarin, yeah, and not even the Mandarin. There's been like three Mandarins since Ben Kingsley. A very similar role to Gandhi. Uh, that's why I, I relate those two. Uh, okay, so you got an advert for The Handmaid's Tale from 1990. That's right. But a VHS. I thought this was like a TV movie. This was not a TV movie. It looks like a TV movie, and certainly the poster it makes like it look TV like a TV movie. movie. I don't think Robert Du... Well, actually, no. Robert Duvall did... Um, what was that TV miniseries? Lonesome Dove back in 89? So I guess he sure. would do a TV show. You know what I know he would do? Very awkward sex scenes <laughs> like in this movie. Once upon a time in the recent future, a country went wrong. The country was called the Republic of Gilead. Ecological disasters ravaged the land, resulting in civil war, political turmoil, and widespread sterility. Only a very few women could still bear children. These women were called handmaids. What'd you do? How'd they get you? You tried to cross the border. What about you? Gender treachery. I like girls. Christ, they could have sent you to the colonies. They don't send you to the colonies if your ovaries are still jumping. Rachel had no children. Rachel said, give me children, or else I shall die. I thought I'd like to get to know you a little. To know me? Yes. She's probably sterile. Don't they test the men? No. She couldn't conceive, could she? So what happened to her? She hung herself. Maybe you should try it another way. What other way? Another man. What about the commander? We just won't tell him, will we? I'm going to have a baby. He'll love you to death. So will she. Come on. You know it's yours. And I won't let them get it. You want to get out. If we get out together, maybe. Natasha Richardson. Faye Dunaway. Aiden Quinn. Elizabeth McGovern, Victoria Tennant, and Robert Duvall as the commander. The Handmaid's Tale. So I, I didn't even understand the story completely because I, I kept I like dozing in and out uh, of it. So it's all about like one part of society trying to control the way that women behave, right? So that they're not sluts and that if someone rapes them, then it's their fault because they're provoking men, right? Something like that. Mm. And you're supposed to be like subservient to men. And Karen Black, who was great, by the way, I, th I thought she was the best in this, but I, I always think she's great because she's so like crazy with her performances. Um, Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Karen Black is is not in this movie. Is that not Karen Black? <laughs> it's not Karen Black. <laughs> Are you serious? Who did you think was Karen Black? The, Faye Dunaway? The, is, that, is that who that is? The older woman? Who looks I thought nothing it was Karen like Black. Karen Black? <laughs> no, she's got blonde hair. Oh, 
I was like, oh, fuck, Karen Black rules. I really thought that was Karen Black. Okay, well, her, I no. thought she was, she gave a crazy performance. So I enjoyed it thinking it was Karen Black. Guess it wasn't. But anyway, um, she was like a matriarch of the whole thing. But then they had this very weird ritual where she's covering her face with mesh cl clothing that uh, matches her dress mm. while she holds a woman that's getting humped because I, the first sex scene uh, Robert Duvall is like two feet away from her and his pants are on and we're supposed to pretend that I guess he put his dick through his pee, like his zipper hole and, and, and fucked her that way uh, and then she's just like holding her down but not really forcefully just like like a there there where she's getting fucked by this old man uh, and then she cries and she's upset but it didn't even look like she was getting <laughs> getting fucked. So I was very confused by the first half hour of this movie as to what was happening. But I wasn't expecting to see Robert Duvall just busting loads multiple times in this movie, and that that happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I could have H word. I think uh, I could have gone my entire life without seeing that. So so if there's something that I got out of this, it's just Robert Duvall, old Robert Duvall, who's been old forever, uh, awkwardly humping into unwilling women. And man, he's got some gross-looking teeth during that last scene in the party, and there's prostitute. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna post a screen cap from this movie. I wish I could send it to you to just pull up. But uh, when you have the um, the character who's played by Elizabeth McGovern, her her character's name is Moira. When she's at that party and she's like a prostitute, she she got caught trying to escape. Uh, and then she has like the big Jay Okerson hand glove, and then yeah. you take a look at the fingers, and it's like that. That uh, what, I, what was that texture? Was that just like um, like a rubbery? Not even rubber. It was. They used to have like dolls or something. I would see at the flea market that were made of this gross peeling texture. That was. Uh, I don't. I don't know what you would call it. Do you know what I'm no. talking about? No, not what like Flesh Armstrong type of thing. Yeah, kind of. It was a little bit like that. But like not exactly with like texture, like with weird, yeah. Mm -hmm. So was that the the woman that uh, which I think that maybe the only scene that actually made me laugh out loud, which was when 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 this woman was getting hung and she just kicked her shoes off. That really really tickled me for whatever reason. That was her, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. That I'm was having funny. a hard time remembering. <laughs> I paid better attention to the first three-fourths of this movie than I did that last half hour, and I almost have no memory of it. You know, what is something I do like about this this rendition... Ha, hold on, first of all, have you ever seen the Hulu TV show of this? No. No. Like, no interest at all. Can you imagine... Just, can you... It's so this is, this, you know this Mod's is... Ugly, <laughs> ugly face. You know, like, I... She's not someone that I... I mean, she's a good actress, I guess, but... Uh, she doesn't sell me. Is on she anything, though? You know? She plays like awkward, ugly, stern. <laughs> she plays ugly woman. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that, that's the definition of her career. Uh, I I was gonna say I can't imagine swapping out Natasha Richardson mm -hmm. with a, with her with the troll. It's really just a disgusting thought to think that. And you know, it maybe make more sense because they get Joseph Fines, who's like a. Uh, certainly a younger and more handsome actor than Robert Duvall, but could you imagine how ugly the movie would be if it was Robert Duvall and Elizabeth <laughs> the fucking Goblin? Gross. What's her last name? Moss. Elizabeth Very Moss. Very sexy last name. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I have you seen it? Have you seen anything? No, I refuse. Oh, no. I can't. I can't do it. Even I'm sure it's a fine enough show, but because it's been used as a political talking point, I yeah. there's no way I'm going to be able to turn that on and engage with that show and not have that at the forefront of my brain where I, I can put all that context aside. I'm just not going to do that. So I was interested in checking out this movie because I saw that VHS advert for it. I was like, what? There was a, there was a movie that, that this was based on? All right, let me give that a look. And it looked like a very trashy Cinemax made-for-TV late-night cable special where she was in like a, like a nightgown or something. And yeah. uh, it seemed very erotic. And then I looked into it because I was like, this is a forgotten movie. Nobody's really thinking about this when they think about The Handmaid's Tale. And then I looked into it and I saw that Robert Duvall was in the cast and Faye Dunaway. And Faye Dunaway is seemingly very selective in what role she plays. I think her last movie was The Rules of Attraction back in 2002. Uh, she was also in uh, Barfly, the Charles Bukowski uh, adaptation starring Mickey Rourke is Charles Bukowski and she played like the seductive literary agent in that movie. Uh, Anthony Sisko did a terrific episode on Barfly uh, for his now dead podcast Slothcast which I was invited to and then they went and recorded the episode without me. They brought nice. in some other guy so thank you for that. That's cool. Well I'm mm-hmm. glad, just glad he's dead now then. I'm fuck, glad you're fuck, dead, fuck. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Anthony. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this this had that look right from the beginning. I was like, what? It it felt like uh yeah, like a like a TV movie from the time, like a like something you would find at at 11 p.m. when you're 14, 15, trying to look at titties on Cinemax, and mm. then you sit through two hours of this movie hoping there's some titties. And there's only titties for like five seconds. But there's well, hold uh, on, there's no nudity in this film, right? There is when she when she has sex that she wants to have sex with the younger guy. There's like three seconds where you where you see her flat chest and that's it. Mm. Like that was the only the only scene that had anything like that. But but it it, it took me back to those days of me just being like a a, a horny fifteen year old just being like oh let's hope that tonight is. Uh, softcore night in Cinemax and then you get shit like this you're just sitting there with your little dick in your hand hoping that something would happen and and now it's just uh just a lot of 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 women whining and and uh taking blame for what's what's this scene that that I was also like all right uh when when uh one of them goes yeah, I was raped by six men. Uh, and then everyone goes, slut! And it's like, it's your fault. And she's like, it's my fault. I did it. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, so that that scene was was uh, weird. I thought it was really slow, too. Like, the it pacing is. of it. Yeah, no. Um, for a 90-minute movie, and it might not even be a full 90. It might be, I don't know. It's very close to 90 minutes. It does go by. It drags by. I thought that first opening half hour when you're getting acquainted with the world of the movie. Yeah. Uh, is much better paced than everything that follows and when it diverts into becoming this um, tryst that she's having uh, with Robert Duvall and uh, that the commander, excuse me. Right. Her, her character's name is Offred. Unrelated, you know this is Liam Neeson's dead wife. Who? The lead, Natasha Richardson. Oh, no, I didn't know. She, she hit her head on the on the slopes and then... 
I think he wanted to go kill black people after that. I think that's how that Ooh. story went. What, like Sonny and Sonny and Cher? Didn't he die that way too? He, yeah, he and then Cher just took it tree. upon herself to to raise gender-neutral <laughs> monsters. So uh, similar raise to that. Raise fucking Fred Flintstone. Mm. Uh, one scene that was also really funny to me was when the Natasha Richardson character went wild. And her going wild was playing cards with Robert Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that's all that's all women want, you know. Go go crazy one night and just play cards with an old man that tries to kiss them very awkwardly or like force kiss them. And then when she says no, he like sits back in, into his desk and he's like, huh? "All right, oh, okay." Like that was the whole the whole scene. And then they go away. It's like, is this how? She lets her hair down. She plays cards with the same old man that's been fucking her <laughs> unwillingly. Mm. Uh, so that was that was good. That was a good comedy scene there that I don't think was supposed to be funny. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I actually did take notes for this. That's oh, yeah, good because they... I have no notes on this film. I just kind of uh, I'm going based off feeling. I'm shooting from the hip on The Handmaid's Tale. I've got nothing of interest as far as facts or, or anything. Well, here's one thing. The screenwriter of this movie thought that uh, his his script was mangled by the actors and by the director of this film and released it into his own personal library. He also wrote the, um, the second adaptation of Lolita that was released in the mid-'90s with Jeremy Irons as the lead. That was directed by Adrian Lyne. Hmm. Which I have yet to see. That, I think that's the only Adrian Lyne film I haven't watched. Is that all he's done, the screenwriter? No, I think he's, he's done quite a few movies. But the, those two were the ones that stuck out to me as the most notable. Uh, did you have a favorite character or performance at all in this movie? No. <laughs> no. Hey, there's an actor named David Dukes in this movie. Nice. David Dukes plays Doctor. Uh. What do you think about the Robert Duvall spoilers? Sorry, the Robert Duvall death scene where she cuts him, but instead of like cutting him towards his neck, she like caught him outwards, so it kind of looked like she was cutting his shoulder. Uh, and they could have reshot that, but they didn't, they just let it in like that. And then he mm-hmm. just, I guess, bled to death, uh, with a dull blade that she cut him with. Uh, it felt I, very, I very one take. Like Robert Duvall was yeah. tired that day. I was like, "This is this is the only one I'm doing. I'm not getting changed out of this bloodstained shirt. You're just gonna get." Yeah, what yeah, get. yeah. Exactly. That's because like you could have done that better. You could have even edited that better so that it oh, doesn't yeah. look so fake and just terrible. But maybe to that point, they were like, "Well, if if we have your attention up to this point, who cares? You know, <laughs> there's five minutes to go, so." Fuck it. And I also thought that the ending was kind of funny because it's like she ends up in a tiny camper that is smaller than some buses that you see out there uh, with a dog by herself in a mountain. And she's like, hey, maybe one day I'll get to meet my daughter. And that's it. And like that's her life now. She's just alone, <laughs> alone mm-hmm. and sad with her dry uterus <laughs> in a puppy <laughs> on a mountain. Uh, so that was good. I, I um, you were right when you said because the way that you sold this movie to me was, it's just a movie where there's just a, a lot of really dumb women, 
and that's this is what this was pretty much you know it's it's very twitter 2022 you know of mm -hmm. uh if someone steps away a little bit of what they're supposed to be doing then everyone points at you and it's everything is your fault and you're you should be hung while you kick your shoes off yourself yeah and make that's me right you know that's happening on uh well it's not happening really in full yet but they just started a new season of big brother and immediately what they like to do now is try and get cast members expelled so mm -hmm. uh one guy was a nigerian black guy named marvin he got kicked off the show before it started not because of anything bad because he had a contract with america's got talent because he oh. would perform chemistry and then oh he's spilling chemicals on his shirt and then he's tearing his shirt off and he's got abs and he performs chemistry with abs and that's that's his talent for america so um this guy had a competing contract but apparently this nigerian dude was a trump supporter people didn't like that one bit there's another oh, guy named no. kyle who does tiktoks with his mom he's a trump supporter they really don't like that there's a guy named turner who's in our sphere of things and um his own sister went to Twitter and said, he's terrible. He's he, he manipulated our mother to get get her to kick me out of the house. He uses the N word and he lied about Mr. He used to work for Mr. Beast. He was one of Mr. Beast's editors, I guess. He's from Massachusetts, too. And uh, he put out a video, I think, like a year or two ago saying, oh, the working conditions at Mr. Beast's factory was was terrible. I was assaulted. I was abused. He's so mean. I hate him. You know, and apparently he calls him the N-word and stuff. I don't know. Nice. And then uh, the the other guy, this dude named Pooch, they just found some, some Facebook posts from 2013 saying, uh, call me N-I-G-G-A-S, exclamation point, exclamation point. This is very damning stuff. They're all trying to use this to get these people removed from the show. You know what they should do? Get suspended so that all that shit is deleted. That's what I do. <laughs> That's why you'll never find a tweet from me from 2013. I had one. I probably tweeted a bunch of shit like that, but I got suspended, so all that's gone. Uh, that's their mistake. But uh, that's what you they, think. They... That's what you think until someone Google's your full name and then puts the quotation marks nice. around. I'm giving people ideas now, yeah. and then they find some blog post that you never even thought about a week on. Yeah. And then you're you're screwed because that right. that I did that to myself and I was like I don't remember this this old Tumblr at all this failed Tumblr that was before my regular Tumblr where I said uh, all sorts of stuff. I We're just quoting it. Anthony Cumia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but wait, uh, it, I thought that the Big Brother cons contestants are completely isolated from the outside world. They are. They are. Oh, okay. This is all old so stuff. It's all old. But they're they're so they're stupid. Because they didn't private their social media before going right. on the show. So it's just right there. And everybody can see who's following who or who liked what or what, what was said 15 years ago. Uh, it, big mistake. First thing anybody who ever goes on any of these shows should do is delete, not even private, delete your yeah. account because you don't know really what's there. And then just start a brand new one because you're going to get 50,000 followers. As soon exactly. As you're, yeah. You're hey, new con new contestant. It's me. I'm the mm -hmm. new guy from the thing. New account. Never had one before. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a lot so, like so I, The Handmaid's Tale is really what I'm yes. getting at here. Uh, but yeah. they, uh, you know, a lot of these people, it's about 50-50 whether or not they blame themselves for their own uh, human flaws. In The Handmaid's Tale, if you got raped by six guys, then yeah, you're 
you're guilty there. You're a bad, bad gal. Dirty, dirty. Uh, yeah, how dare you have a pussy? Hmm. Your fault for having a vagina, and that's did all you, that's all did you, you notice, need to do. Did you notice that they like to, um, from in, in this movie, they reuse the same very poorly done, like PlayStation style 3D graphic of the New World Order, yeah, dollar sign I, and it's on the poster as well. We can look that up, um, some other day, but yeah. it's there <laughs> along with the, the title, and uh, the slogan to that was see it. While it's still allowed, you know, it might not be allowed if you're a lady in the future. Yeah. And when you say that the Supreme Court outlawing abortion nationwide is kind of the first real step in the direction of this. Yeah. You know, after uh, seeing the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, I was thinking, damn. Guns have more rights than women in the United States, you know. And I was like, "That's that's probably a very original thought that I had." And I was like, "Maybe I should tweet that, you know. Maybe I should get some followers on social media by tweeting that." Uh, no, you should, no, you should throw out <laughs> tweets like that maybe once a month to see how they perform, and just if people will engage with them, and if you get new followers. But then, what would happen is you'd ironically get those followers, and then we'd have yeah. to start catering the show to those followers because yeah, they would good. pay. Uh, then we would actually have to watch that show. Right. And I don't, it's, it's, it's got like four seasons, I think, and what, like 20 episodes a season or something. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm watching good. that shit. No. I, I didn't, you know, I tried watching Yellowstone because uh, I've got Peacock here. I'm visiting my mom. I'm going to go take her to see Elvis tomorrow. Um, nice. And uh, I decided to get into, or I tried to get into Yellowstone the first five minutes. Have you seen this show? First off, have no. you seen the show? Okay, first five so let minutes. Let me tell you, before you get into it, mm. let me tell you why I haven't watched it. Uh, and it's nothing against her. She's a very sweet lady, my, my girlfriend's mom. She's very conservative and very, like, pro-Trump or whatever. Uh, she came to visit Costa Rica from the States. And the first thing she did, because she knows that I, like, I'm into, like, TV shows and, like, making shit... And she was like, have you seen Yellowstone? It's amazing. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, maybe maybe one day. Maybe, hmm, I, don't, I don't know. That It doesn't really sound like the type of thing that holds my attention, really. You know, mm. that whole, I'm, like, I, I don't feel the Americana thing. So uh, I, don't, I don't care. Uh, so that's why I've, I've not watched it, even though everyone that I've heard talking about it has like good things to say uh especially recently with the, the only person that i've seen talking about it recently is anthony Cisco, yeah just, he he texted just, me it was like i just it. watched all of yellowstone and the spinoffs in a row i was like oh there's a good spinoffs <laughs> yeah there's like there's uh some spinoff that's on uh paramount plus and they've oh, got wow. two spinoffs in the works or something they've got yellowstone extended universe mm-hmm Good for Kevin Costner, I guess, right? He wasn't getting much before this. No, he wasn't getting... He got Man of Steel, and that was the last time anyone saw him in a picture that went to theaters. So sorry. Sorry for interrupting you. Let me Tell me what happened when you, first, when you started watching it. First five minutes of the show, there's like a bloody horse and a bloody Kevin Costner. And he's like, I'm sorry, I got to do this to you, pal. <laughs> and then he shoots the horse in the face. I was like, this is, hold on, this is what's captivating audiences <laughs> everywhere? Yeah. 
Yeah, that, so I, uh, that's what it's about, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I was really checked out after that horse murder, that horse death. But it just seems to me like uh, like a more prestigious version of Dallas. You remember Dallas, the nighttime yeah. soap that starred, uh, well, to be honest with you, I, uh, whoa, Larry, Larry. Whitmore. No, no, God, that would be terrible. Larry Fine. Larry, God, he died recently, kind of recently. He was on every version of Dallas. They brought Dallas back on TNT, uh, but he plays J.R. Ewing. I don't Larry know. Larry Yeah, oh, no, that would be another great version. Uh, anyway, it just kind of reminds me of that. So it's a bunch of family drama and corporate shit. I thought yeah. this was Cowboy. All corporate mumbo-jumbo. I turned it off. I couldn't stand it. Made me sick. I get enough of that in real life as the CEO of Forgotten Genres. Yeah, LLC. that doesn't that doesn't sound like something I would be into. But how is Anthony okay? <laughs> is Anthony okay? Because watching everything, like, oh, all right, you like something, but like he's seen all of it in what, like a week? Because he started posting about it like a week ago. I hope he's Anthony. If you're out there, if you're watching this, I hope you're taking care of yourself because that sounds deranged. <laughs> that sounds like, yeah, like, like you're you're spending a lot of time with Paramount Plus. I don't know how advisable that is. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, it, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it gets cooking, but uh, that's a lot of hours. That's forty episodes. It's forty hours, and then. All of Jesus. I think it's called 1883 is the spinoff. Uh, there's 10 episodes of that. I don't know. What do you think? Okay, so Taylor Sheridan has kind of carved out the market as a screenwriter more than a director even because he's only directed uh, Hell or High Water and Wind River, and then he did that Angelina Jolie, HBO Max uh, movie that came out last year. He's known as a screenwriter. It seems like everything that he pens does very well. Sicario, Sicario, Deus Soldado. A lot of people don't like that one. I think it's far better than Sicario. I think it will age better. And your boy, Burn Notice, does a tremendous job in that film. Um, <laughs> he's kind Burn of... Uh, <laughs> that's, right. He should just change his name to Burn Notice. <laughs> um He's kind of like the equivalent to one of these authors, like a J.K. Rowling, you know? And uh, But for men, for men who wear cowboy boots and cowboy hats and romanticize living out West. And that's that's my bridge here to The Handmaid's Tale, which is a female fantasy novel. I kind of want to get your take, first of all, on Taylor Sheridan, but that's a bit separate. But also on um, just fantasy properties in general that build these giant universes because i think this is one example of that even though margaret atwood only wrote a sequel to the handmaid's tale in 2018 or 2019 the real opportunist that she is now that the hulu shows massive so what is your what is your feeling on that do you think taylor sheridan is what we expected david ayer to be Ooh. Mm. Uh, i didn't expect david ayer to be anything really but okay. I, I guess what the industry maybe had hopes for based off of what do you start with Training Day? He he wrote the script to yeah. Training Day, and, and he also had watch. he had a Christian Bale film with like the the kid from Death Proof, not Death Proof, sorry, uh, the other film that was with Grindhouse, Planet Terror, the Hispanic actor. 
You know who I'm uh, talking about? I'm getting it right now. Uh, Street like Kings. Uh, was it? No, I don't think it was. was it Street Kings. They played. Um, <sighs> they were like in the same platoon together, and Christian Bale was not handling his oh, time out of the service. Is well. that harsh? Harsh times with Freddie yeah. Rodriguez. Freddie Rodriguez. Is that, thing. Yeah, that's the movie. That was his first. Then he did Street Kings, and then End of Watch. Then after that, Sabotage, which is that that uh, Schwarzenegger movie, that is not terrible, I guess. Then he did Fury. Which you liked, right? Yeah, I think Fury is far and away his best movie, and it's not even close. And then after that is when the Suicide Squad thing happened. And and then Bright and uh, Tax Collector. Which is, uh, another infamous. gem, another highlight. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a TV show called Deputies starring our friend uh, Stephen Dorff. So that I'm sure that's good. Good for um, Steven Dorff. That's that's what I will say about that. I I've honestly think that I've only seen uh, maybe what Wind River uh, from Taylor Sheridan, so I don't have much of an opinion. On you what. didn't see Hell or High Water. I I don't think so. No. That kind of fell at a time because 2016 was a rebound year for movies. As you know, obviously there's a precedent with 2020 and even 2021 where. They were just so bleak as far as uh, film releases go. But if you think back to 2014, 2015, those were not good years for movies, especially 2015. 2015 was one of the worst. Uh, 2016 was kind of a rebound year where you had that movie uh, arriving in what was essentially a, a bit of a slump because nothing that was particularly interesting in a lasting manner got nominated for Best Picture or any significant awards in that year. And Hell or High Water was this like new kind of Trump America film that had gotten the prestige at the Golden Globes. And I don't think it was, maybe I'm wrong about this, I don't think it was nominated for Best Picture, but I think it was nominated for uh, maybe Best best Screenplay, Best Original Screenplay or something along those lines. Um, and, and it had a lot of talk that it could be nominated for Best Picture or even win Best Picture because there was not a whole lot of competition uh, coming out of that year. Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen it. It has a really good cast that people that I like, like a uh, um, Ben, ben Foster, Foster, who yeah, I think Jeff is one of the the best actors to play a retarded man convincingly. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bridges and uh, Chris Pine. I'm not a huge fan, but he's he's, he's good. Oh, that he's movie. Got, That's probably his best acting performance. He's got Kenny Powers' girlfriend in there. That's pretty cool. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't seen that. I, I don't. Remind me of what what movies were big in 2016. The uh, The Handmaid, in uh, okay. Neon Demon. It was a good year for filmmakers that I like. Uh, in 2016, <laughs> right? Why don't you just could you pull up real quick? I would do it on my phone. My phone's dead right now. Just 2016 yeah. films. Maybe, well, that Moonlight was the next year. La La Land was the next year. 2016. I feel like Spotlight won Best Picture early in the year, maybe. Well, you got Batman versus Superman. In 2016? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Great, great film. An American classic. Um, Still ages so well. You got Swiss Army Man, Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Col- Seven. Another forgettable remake. Colossal. That's another the Anne forgettable Hathaway movie. Indie. Anne Hathaway's in that, right? And yeah. it's like, oh, the monster's actually depression. 
Oh, is that what that is? I never saw it. I thought the trailer was fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, this looks like a silly movie that I might enjoy, but I never saw it. So I was um, great. I That's was just a, getting acquainted with New York City around this that that time period. I remember that was playing in theaters, and I was this close to going to see that, but then I did some research on it first because I didn't want to go <laughs> blind into it. And then I found out it was like, it's a metaphor for mental illness. It's actually it's for period flaring up. Great. Uh, 31, that's the Rob Zombie movie, right? Terrible. Um, you got Rogue One. I uh, enjoyed it at the time. Split. Yeah, that was all right. Uh, the Nice Guys, Cloverfield Lane. Oh, The Nice Lane. Guys. There you go. Cloverfield Lane. Hey, did you just see the Cloverfield Paradox directors doing the new Captain America with Anthony Mackie? Oh, wow. No. <laughs> but that doesn't they sound are good in plummeted. any... Yeah. So Anthony Mackie is going to be taking that. Is there... <sighs> okay, so I had a... wasn't much of a conversation with, with a couple of my friends the other day because they were they were telling me that they went to see that new Thor movie. And they were like, uh, I don't understand what people that complain about movies like this where you just have to go and like have fun and enjoy it. And I'm like, okay. Like, I didn't want to have an argument uh, because what's the point? Like, I'm not going to change their mind at all. So I was like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know what you're getting. So you know that you're not going to get any type of high art or anything deep in those movies. And, and you go to spend a, a, an afternoon and, and whatever. If you, don't, if you don't care about plot or scripts or shots looking good, I guess, then fine. But... Is there anything from this second? No, what? I guess it's I technically guess it's like the, the fourth wave of Marvel movie, if that's what you're talking about. But it feels yeah. really like so. Iron Man to those Avengers movies. Yeah. That's that's one thing. Everything else is a brand new kind of. Uh, you put an asterisk next to it thing. And I don't think that there has been anything that has really stood out to people. Obviously, I haven't watched, aside from the Spider-Man movie, yeah. I haven't watched any of this. I'm not intending to watch any of it. I don't even know how they're, you know, Black Panther's sequel comes out in a couple of months. We haven't heard anything. I don't even know if they have a Black Panther in that movie. I don't know yeah. anything about it. You you have to think that they're really questioning what their strategy has been since that ended and what it's going to be going forward I think if they were smart what they should have done since they have all the characters now is there anybody they don't own I don't think so um, go back to X-Men which is where it all really started as far as these movies being uh, blockbusters you know yeah, you know, people like to argue Blade but nobody was thinking about Blade as a Marvel comics they were thinking of that as a horror movie back in the it also 90s. doesn't feel like it's in the same universe even it was like too dark for for what it was so mm -hmm. yeah nobody's nobody's going to blade in 1997 or 98 whenever that came out and thinking i'm seeing a superhero movie they're going oh this is a cool wesley snipes killing vampires in new york city new line cinema flick yeah you're going hey i love triple h I want to see him in a movie, so I'm going to go see Blade Trinity, <laughs> where yeah. he plays like a vampire for like five minutes. Uh, yeah, I don't even consider that as because even the the first Spider-Man trilogy, like that's a that's a different era of superhero movies. Like they don't feel like they are even a part of of everything that's come out after. Uh, but I guess X-Men is where 
where that started. And the the issue that I would have with X Men now is that they're not going to hire the best person for the job, right? Because as we've seen throughout these movies, or at least after let let's say after Endgame, uh, the 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 directors that they've been hiring are not the most talented people available. It seems like they're just someone that might have one hit or they might have one movie that made money and and they pluck them and. Uh, don't really let them express themselves that much unless it's like a Taka Waititi who's just going to do whatever he wants, right? Mm -hmm. uh, seems to not have worked as well in this one, which, I mean, good, because I'm kind of sick of his style of like, every line has to have like a little ha 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 at the end of it. It's just, it fucking sucks. But everything that they've done with this new phase, like I, I like nothing interests me at all and i can't imagine anyone after what the original cast did and and how they were at least decent actors that well known for at least putting it this uh, i don't know about chris evans but you know you got robert Downey jr you have people with names in the industry that have done interesting things before so that's the the pull that you have uh to watch those movies because it's a superhero movie but it's played by real actors and they they would always get uh villains uh the best actors in the in the movies will always be the villains even though it would just be for like one off which kind of sucks but the villains were always like a good actor now it's not even the visual style because they all look the same uh the directors that they're getting are really who cares like like milk toast so that they can just mold the movie to whatever Kevin Feige or however you say his name wants to do but they're also picking characters that who cares you know there's a Miss Marvel TV show with, where they're trying to do like a you know this Pakistani girl or whatever mm -hmm. that's that seems to be the the lowest watched original Disney Plus show that they have put out like superhero related and they want to put bring that character into movies apparently along with the Brie Larson character who's being very divisive too uh, with the audience you have a Black Panther like you said we don't even know if they're going to do like a CGI uh, Chadwick Boseman or <laughs> oh god could you imagine could you imagine if it was like the level of CGI from Spawn 1997 and people were yes. looking at him and <laughs> oh, that would be so good. I might, you know, I would actually not pay to watch that, but I would go to Yiffy and download yeah. that and maybe watch a couple of minutes of it. Because the, the alternative is what? The sister who's very techie. That's fun, I guess. She's going but to watch build gonna an armor the Iron Man for her. character, right? So they're doing Ironheart as a series, which is her character, and she's going to be Iron Man. So that that's taken. That's off the board. What they So could is it the do... bald woman? The bold, the other black, bold, bold warrior there. See that also is, sucks. It sounds so unexciting. Like it was already unexciting to begin with, and I have no investment in Marvel. I can't even like think about that being a thing that exists. Really, what you just described. Well, you have the heavy hitters, right? Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America. Uh, you have Spider Man there at the end joining them. Uh, and then you're able to bring minor characters like Scarlet Witch, like, uh, well, minor characters in, in the movies, I guess. So Scarlet Witch, your Hawkeye, uh, and the uh, Scarlet Johansson characters, name I can't remember. Now you have uh, Captain Planet. I mean, <laughs> Captain yeah, Planet. Get, Captain, get Captain Marvel. Planet. <laughs> Captain Marvel, you get 
maybe a Black Panther that's someone's cousin or someone's brother or, or someone else. Uh, and cousin then, or brother. And then you got the, you know. It feels very racial. Cuss. Hey, cuss. Yeah. <laughs> or... Brothers. Or you got the Eternals. Who, who gives, what are you going to get? Fucking Kumail Nanjiani to sell your your second face? Uh, it, it just... It feels like they're just dragging it to death. You know? like, And, and I'm glad because I'm sick of all this shit. Like, I'm so sick of... Even, like, the Disney Plus shows. I started watching that Obi-Wan show because I was watching it with my girlfriend and, he, and her kid. And... Even though I know that it's not for me, uh, I know that everything they're doing that now, it's for a much younger audience, or at least it seems like that's the quality that they're willing to put out just for, for like children that won't be able to find all the plot holes and all the things that don't make sense and don't fit with the already established uh, lore. Uh, but even that, I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, I have zero interest in continuing watching this. So... It's just such an oversaturation of their properties, but without any effort put into them. So I just, I can't imagine this being successful other than, you know, people like my friends who go and just have fun at the movies and turn, turn your brain off, you know, just don't think, just go, go watch the lasers and the colors and, and drool like a retard into your popcorn because that's, that's fun, right? Go make more money to this giant corporation that does not give a fuck about putting a quality product on screen anymore because you'll watch whatever the fuck as long as the Marvel logo is there. So why try? Well, you and, know, on a related note to that, it made me realize that Harold Pinter, that's the screenwriter of The Handmaid's Tale, he wrote The Last Tycoon. I know you're a big okay. fan of that movie, The Last Tycoon. That was Elia Kazan's final film, I believe. It starred Robert De Niro. Now, so, if we think about Rich. that, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's a lot like Richie Rich. That's right. Like blank check? <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, but with Robert De Niro as the Richie Rich character. If you okay. think about that, why didn't they ever think about using that as a start point for a shared universe? I don't even know where to go <laughs> with that because I don't even know what that movie is. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, the, the, how can we bring back this back to Sir Robert Duvall was in Ant-Man, right? No, it was Michael no, Douglas. No, he was not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you never answered my question. Also, I was, I, I was going to... So I wanted to gauge, and I guess Marvel is like really terrible, but yeah, it is an example of this. I wanted to get your opinion on these sort of like fantasy yarn oh. world-building things. Like a big one right now is obviously the Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, Hogwarts. Yeah. It's all yeah. magic. It's all its own thing. And, uh, you know, that that's a very popular version of that. It seems like Margaret Atwood is dabbling with that, with Handmaid's Tale. And then Taylor Sheridan is kind of the the manly version of that, the cowboy boot version of that. Yeah, I don't care for it, to be honest. You don't um, care about world expansion? No. Uh, because... So you're not excited about Clerks 3, I take it? You didn't, no. you, oh, you, that looks, oh, that looks so... That? Depressing. That trailer made me really sad. Nick Oldershaw had a great line about this uh, where he said, it feels like, 
Is that a banshee you have in your home? Or wolf. A ghost moan? <laughs> <laughs> um, Grandma, <he's>... fucking <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he said it felt like... Like... I, maybe I think he said it was a nostalgia critic. He said it feel, felt like nostalgia critic trying to do a movie with a budget. It looked very cheap, and everyone looked so old and tired, and like they would rather be doing anything else. And I don't blame them. Uh, I I like Clerks too. I I haven't watched it in a couple of years, but I I've liked it. I liked it a lot when it came out. And I got mm-hmm. the DVD and I I've rewatched it with my friends, and I, I liked it. Uh, at the time, I was a, a much bigger Kevin Smith fan uh, than I am now because he wasn't an embarrassment yet. But uh, this just, it feels like he tried to go a little bit weird and more creative with other projects and nobody cared for them. So he's just going back to the well, even though the James Highland Bob remake or reboot or whatever that was called didn't really. Like who? Did, what was that for? The the fans, I guess. I I haven't even seen it because I have no interest in in like those characters anymore. And now, in this trailer, you see Silent Bob looking old, fucking dry and <laughs> and old. And it's just I don't know. It's just sad. I I I I'll watch it. I guess just to see how they close that story. But also. The story he came up with was what well, Randall wants to make a movie and he's going to make Clerks. You suck. <laughs> Kevin, You st- where's your creativity? Where did that go? So now we're just, hey, remember that movie that everyone liked that I made 30 years ago? How about uh, they made it? Isn't that fun? Well, he's got, you got to understand when you become a successful man and you go and move to Hollywood and your life is like an exact duplicate of everybody else's life who lives there. Uh, you stop having uh, unique experiences. And all of Kevin Smith's great movies were him drawing from his actual life. Right. Right. So Clerks is clearly that. Mall Rats mm-hmm. wasn't that so much. And I don't think that's why, uh, you know, that, that could be a reason why it didn't take in the theater, why audiences didn't respond to it at the time. And it was more of like a, like a how high or one of those types of films where you just right. put it on with friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chasing Amy is really the darling of his 90s films because he went through an experience similar to that where he had a girlfriend. I think it was actually the girl in the movie, uh, Joey Lauren Adams, who had a sexual experience before she met Kevin Smith. And he could not cope with that in his head of his darling girlfriend. And uh, so he was just like this big piece of shit and kind of... um, you know, I don't want to use the term abusive, but certainly um, maybe unfair or uh, I, I don't know. There's not a great word that that can be substituted there. Maybe just not very nice about it because he had a hard time processing that information. What do you think of him casting handsome young Ben Affleck to play him? In the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I hope look, I hope Ben Affleck actually does get cast as as his character, his surrogate in that movie and has to do clerks in clerks three. I think that would well, be he is. If... He's in the trailer already. Do you not see him? But it could be a cameo. Did you ever see Zach and Miri make a porno? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a bunch of celebrities, including like Jim Norton, who pop up for a split second doing auditions because it's very easy yeah. to shoehorn people in that way and have them go without any sort of um, obligation to perform. So I think my my guess is that but I found out 
way early on that Ben Affleck had a legit role in Clerks 3. So maybe it's more than that. And I, I think he would be a good sport to do that, especially since he yeah. listened to Jennifer Garner, who said, I don't want you hanging out with that Kevin Smith anymore when they got married. And that's why that friendship died. Uh, uh, well, to get back to your question and get away from the depression that is Kevin Smith in 2022, uh, the problem that I have with those extended universes is that... Uh, sooner or later the quality is going to fall off and usually doesn't take that long for that to happen because you're trying to stretch something that maybe originally wasn't thought out as like an extended universe but one it became successful they want to you know drain as much money as they can from the franchise so what you end up getting is maybe one or two good seasons of the original show and then the rest is just something that you watch because you like this universe and you want to see what those characters are doing. But I don't think anything other than maybe Better Call Saul, which I am not up to date at all, but I know that that's like a quality show that was a spinoff. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't think of any other that either keeps the same quality or gets better than what it came from. Uh, and it just ends up reeking off yeah, let's 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 uh, milk this titty as much as we can with even characters and stories that no one cares about. Uh, they did that with The Walking Dead too. I think it has two spin-offs that nobody really. Oh no, they get more about. than two. I think it's. I think they're up to three or four at this point. Let's let's think about this. There's Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. There's like the Dead Planet. Fear the Walking Dead. There's a there's another one that I think was um, led by. Michonne? I don't know. Uh, I think Nick Stahl might be on one of those okay. Walking Dead shows. They got a yeah. few because the the network doesn't know what to do anymore. Well, exactly. And the first the the original show wasn't even that good. I think the first two seasons are are good, but then quality immediately falls off. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's my biggest problem with all those shared universes. That fine if your initial plan is to come up with a shared universe right from the beginning and you have everything planned and it's keeping the same quality then great but it seems like they don't trust anything enough to do that so as soon as one season becomes successful then they try to come up with something that could introduce that little story or that little thing into something bigger and then it's just watered down and I, I don't care for it. I'd rather get I'd rather do what uh, DC to bring it back to comic books what DC is doing with one off movies of different characters instead of you know what the Joker is part of this Batman movie because I think mm -hmm. that would be a horrendous decision you know I uh, so I, I I don't care for extended universes I uh, it, it's never it's never been good I think at least from anything that comes to mind right now I think it was an interesting idea when it wasn't common. So Kevin Smith doing that in the 90s is one thing mm -hmm. where that's not even fathomable with comic book features. You, you would think it's a big deal that Batman, George Clooney's Batman would reference Superman and Batman and Robin. Like, whoa, whoa, maybe this means something. But it really meant nothing. And when did, like, what is the first real example of that? Maybe not even in a comic book sense, but just in a movie sense that you can think of, obviously aside from Kevin Smith with the View Askew films. Oh, I don't know. 
Uh, I, I, my first Col- thought was Jackie Brown and Out of Sight, because they're both based on Elmore Leonard novels, and Michael Keaton plays the same character in both. That's probably the closest okay. thing, and that's that that would be mid to late nineties. So that's not even. But, but that's also two, right? So I think you can still do that and explore maybe a different character if you still have the same people working on it. That could be good. Uh, the problem is when you start getting other people involved that weren't involved with the original show and they just change the tone, change the writing and the quality of what the original was. Uh, so maybe, I don't know. I feel like those examples of early shared universes when it was just like a little cameo or like a little scene where the character will pop up is is not as blatant as like what they're trying to do now and mm-hmm. and uh i don't even know if if uh they're doing that as much as they were doing when when those avenger movies were coming out like as soon as the first one hit and it became such a huge success i think that that's when all this shit started where everything had to become something bigger than than just one thing um but yeah, I'm not, I'm not very familiar with Taylor Sheridan. I don't know how uh, uh, quality the <laughs> the Yellowstone show that I'm not going to watch is or the spinoff. Um, it's it's good that they're keeping the same showrunner, I guess. So, so maybe the quality would stay there like they did with uh, Better Call Saul. But that's my biggest problem with those uh, shared universes that it, it the quality diminishes very quickly and then you start getting people involved that have no idea what the original tone of the of the show was or or what was done that was successful and instead they try to go on different avenues that just don't work and then at the end you lose interest on whatever it is that you're watching i think trying to keep it within one structure is always going to uh, be bound for failure and so what I was getting at with, I don't really want to talk about Marvel anymore, but what I was getting at yeah. before was now that you have these characters like the X-Men or Spider-Man or whatever that people aren't used to you dealing with because they haven't had those films from you over the past 20 years or 15 years, however long it's been with these Marvel movies, um, you should just say, okay, book is closed on that. We're starting a brand new timeline and we're going to have this be a new point that we're going to begin with. And why can't you do that? The actual comics do that. There's no reason yeah. why you can't do that or pick, you know, do a film in this timeline every so often. That seems to be DC's new MO. There's uh, spoilers that came out from a test screening on the Batgirl film. And that doesn't really see, I don't know what timeline that exists in. Uh, people's, apparently a big thing was people were confused why Michael Keaton was Batman in the movie. And where's Ben Affleck? And there's apparently a um, some sort of reference, like a visual reference to uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. So how is this going to work? Who is Harley Quinn fucking? Is it 90-year-old Jack Nicholson? Or <laughs> is, is Michael Keaton's Batman retconned to Jared Leto's Joker? Who's the Joker in this timeline? I don't... I don't I, you know, it's it's hard to conjure up what the idea there may be and if this is even a good idea apparently brendan frazier no surprise steals the movie apparently he's the best part of the whole movie i forgot that was even coming out i i I keep thinking that the michael keaton batman is is going to be on the flash movie and not this yeah it's that too Uh, they both sound horrible everything that's come out from both of those movies sounds like 
the complete opposite of what I want to watch. Uh, but I, I guess you, uh, or I guess the industry has conditioned people to connect those things, right? Because of all this shared universe that are feeding down their throat, being fed down their throat lately. So I, I guess it makes sense that audiences will try to connect that with the other movies that came out before them. But yeah, I just, I just kind of wish that they were just doing one-offs so that you can get different um, versions of these characters instead of the same tonally and the same everything like what marvel does uh what they did with joker was cool because it was different and it was very small and it didn't have to fit into anything else and i was hoping that that was the route they were going to take but they just need to let the Zack snyder face just die and just leave it as no, it is if you're not bring him back that's what they get if do. you're well, right that's what course. i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say if you're not gonna bring him back then just let it die because if he's not at the helm that it's just gonna feel like someone trying to do Zack Snyder, you know? Mm -hmm. So either... But he's a, he's, he, Zack Snyder's on the bigger and probably better things because he's starting his own, much like what we're talking about here with The Handmaid's Tale and J.K. Rowling and uh, Taylor Sheridan. <sighs> he's over at Netflix being the new Taylor Sheridan of, of that streaming platform, but with science fiction and uh, all sorts of other stuff. Obviously, they tried to do Army of the Dead as a franchise. I don't know if people are really interested in that. I, I think the... The movie he produced that was a prequel to that did well and was actually better received than his movie. But oh, they also tried, I think they did an anime of that. That maybe didn't work. And now it's going to be um, some massive science fiction epic that I think is called like Blood Moon or something. I, I, I don't know. The title of it is escaping me at the moment, but it's got a very stacked cast. Which is what you hire him from, right? Something mm -hmm. that's going to be visually interesting. Hopefully not the... Uh headache-inducing lenses that he used on Army of the Dead. But I, I, that's my problem with DC, that, okay, so you do something creatively different with Joker, but then you're going back to this phase that has already ended with Ezra Miller, uh, who's, like, uh, they, they should put out that movie next weekend before the truth, more more truth comes out, because they're not going to be able to release that shit. But, uh, Did you see what the excuse was, by the way, for why they're not pulling it? They said that they're hoping... And and optimistic that he will get help, that he will find oh. treatment. You know, <laughs> fuck okay. all the victims, fuck fuck the women he's choke slammed into walls and hunted down and held captive. He'll he'll seek help. He'll be yeah fixed. How do you think that movie's gonna do, box office wise? Massive. I think he's gonna be a huge hit. Yeah, and I think they know it, and that's why they're not pulling it, and that's why they're not dumping it on HBO Max. They know that's gonna be massive, but they should still. Put it out around Christmas time, at the latest. Do fall yeah. maybe. Do Christmas. I think it's a very, very dangerous idea to push it to next summer. And also, Michael Keaton so, ain't getting any younger. Michael Keaton's already in his mid seventies or something. You know, you're gonna do this. You're it. gonna do Flash. You're gonna do Batgirl, and then all of a sudden it's gonna be all caught up, and he's gonna be like ninety five years old. It's like, what the fuck? I thought Batman was old. He wasn't that old in the last movie. Unless you do Batman Beyond, right? But then the timeline wouldn't fit with any other heroes. So you wouldn't need Batman Beyond. You got Batgirl. You got everybody else. Superman. Flash. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't sound like it's being planned properly. It's not. Uh, 
and uh, I, I don't care. And I think that's also I, the I, case with the the Marvel films. So that's thing we'll say about that. I, I don't know if they really have a blueprint because clearly they didn't have a blueprint when it came to Star Wars, and they're mm-hmm. really flying by the seat of their pants because they probably didn't expect to be able to get that far to begin with. But now that they've cleared the board of all their like name recognizable heroes, what what can they really do? They don't want to restart. They think people are are so in, they've got people on the hook because it's like, oh well, I watched the last twenty five films. I have to show up to this one. That's really the key. That's really why all these things work. Is the obligation? It becomes tradition, and then you wind up having Disney adults that feel like, no, this is my childhood. This is so intertwined. It just loops in and out of all my memories. I remember going to see Thor to the Dark World. Uh, when my wife proposed to me in the theater, when then we went to Disneyland right afterward, and we had uh, you know one of those big chicken, chicken, turkey legs, and it was delicious, and I got oil all over my face, and I, that's what I remember now that I'm 40 years old and uh, dying. You know, that's the special memories I have. Yeah, yeah. I just I hope that it's as successful as Eternals. What's Eternals successful? <laughs> No, I don't even know how well that so. Butterbeer. Just... They like having butterbeer at Disney World. How many women do you think get wet to Handmaid's Tale? We're just feeling oppressed. They just get wet by... They, I by... think they really dig it. I think, you know, gold... Po- this is not a new point, but I think women are longing for this. I think liberal women specifically. I don't think conservative women really are. Um, I think libs liberal ladies really like the idea that they're about to experience this yeah it's really sad because they're nowhere near oppressed compared to any other country in the world no they just have to move to like turkey and that'll yeah that there you go that's your real handmaid's tale yeah go 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 to turkey Go to Turkey where you can't be in the same line as men waiting to board the plane. That's that's fun. How about you go there? You can't show your shoulders, you slut. That's fucking Turkey for, for abortion. Slut, slut, <laughs> yeah, slut. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. We're yeah. gonna talk a little bit more about this movie, The Handmaid's Tale, because listen, this Oof, is a female-driven okay. episode. This is this yes. is this. You know, and it's great that we spent forty-five minutes talking about Marvel movies. <laughs> On this episode that is clearly geared to our 27%, was it 26% female audience? Yeah, so that's uh, right. So what did you like about this movie that made you pick it? The what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. I think that was my exact reaction too when you told me we should do this movie. And I was like, what? It's <laughs> just like, what are you talking about? Uh, In fairness, look, I said that before I started watching. I expected something that was going to be better than the caliber of this film. Again, it is written by Harold Pinter, who's a notable screenwriter. Uh, the director is not all that notable. The only other film I recognize of his is The Tin Drum. Did you ever see The Tin Drum? Yeah, you know, I, I was hoping that I would be surprised like when we watched that Harrison Ford movie with the little boy with the big ears. Witness, Lucas. Yeah. Yeah, because that one was also, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Uh, this was definitely not that. Uh, <laughs> this really, really felt like a, like a, like a TV movie uh, of the time. And uh, I, uh, if I, if I have to pick something that I liked, um, uh, uh, the, 
I don't know. I don't think there's like, I don't even like the way it was shot. Uh, there's a lot of aerial shots, I guess, where you see all the beds and where you see when they're in, in those camps outside in lines and whatever. And that's like the only creative decision that was done uh, cinematography wise. So it's not even. No, it's not. It's certainly not a visually interesting film. And I think that also uh, really sells the idea that this feels like a made for TV movie. Uh, even if it's not. Now, yeah. there's one thing that I did enjoy about this film, and is that there is a uh, score from Ryuchi Sakamoto, who I think is a great musician. Uh, people might know him from Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. He plays the very non-hetero-ish uh, Japanese uh, soldier uh, mm -hmm. that's in that movie, along with uh, Takashi Kitano. That's like Takashi Kitano's first dramatic role. And David Bowie. David Bowie's not Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence is Tom Conti. Uh, but David Bowie's really the star of the film. That's a great, great movie. Um, and he's a terrific composer, terrific uh, musician in general. He did a lot of uh, mashups with David Sylvian, who's um, an English singer back in the 80s. Forbidden Colors, I think, was their big hit, which was just a riff on the Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence theme music. And uh, let me see what he might be known for that you might recognize, because yeah, he's done a lot of films. He did The Revenant. Um, okay. He did The Revenant. He did uh, Femme Fatale. Ooh, Snake Eyes, Brian De Palma. <laughs> Hell yeah. Holy the rules. Little Buddha. <laughs> And uh, he has worked with Madonna before, uh, but he's a very worthwhile musician. If anyone wants to check out some of Ryuichi Sakamoto's work, uh, that's so, so that's, the, that's the one upside. So when that's... I saw his name in the credits, I was like, "Oh wow, you know, maybe we're in for a treat." But even as far as his uh, musical composition goes, this is nothing to write home about. Yeah, for very soap opera ish very dramatic that i guess goes with how dramatic the script is but and did you who do you think gave the, the best performance in this robert duvall obviously everyone else <laughs> fucking acting like shit um yeah this movie sucked i don't know i yeah. I, 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 I really i don't regret picking it because now we can say we did the handmaid's tale 1990 maybe raise yeah, awareness Hey, women, we did one for you. Here's yes. how it went. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something I would like to do with movies. Uh, and we're going to have an attempt at this maybe in about a week or so. So I was on Perfume Nationalist recently. I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, but I was on the Perfume Nationalist uh, episode for It. And for that episode, uh, Jack wanted to do like a very thorough show on the book from 86 and the 1990 miniseries. It's not even really a miniseries. It's a TV movie broken up into two parts. And the 2017 and 2019 Andy Muschietti films, which I hadn't even thought about or bothered to watch since I did those video essays on them back in 2017 and made the YouTube channel pop. Right. I still get comments to this day saying, hey, are you ever going to cover this script? Oh, there goes a light. Uh, are you ever going to cover the David Katchian script or, or whatever? Let's turn this into a better color for those who are watching 
uh, on Patreon.com. Do I look like an alien right now? Do my eyes yeah. look? Yeah. You're very, you're very nice. Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll still get comments to this day saying, oh, are you going to cover this script from 2010 that covers both halves of the novel? And the answer is no. I'm never going to do that. I don't have time to do that. But um, I would like to get into more films that are based on books and uh, give the book their due. So the first stab at this will be F. Paul Wilson's The Keep, which we've already done an episode on technically, even though that was kind of um, chopped up from our Michael Mann episode. Now, I'm going to assume you have not read or listened to the audiobook of F. Paul Wilson's the keep is that a correct assumption Hans? yes i have it i downloaded it but i have and listen you, you told me i still have a week so i, I was thinking of doing that this weekend sure we haven't not, we haven't not very old very formally long. scheduled the show with wolfman who's going to be the guest on there just yet but he loves the keep he's great he's gay for the keep so he's <laughs> going to be a great guest to have on for that episode and i would like to at some point just to keep it uh in tone with vampires and whatnot is do Toby Hooper's Stephen King's Salem's Lot. Which, is there an audiobook for that? Because I'm not reading that. Yeah, you're not going to read that one. Focus <laughs> no. on The Keep. The Keep will, okay. will take you only a couple of hours to get through. Salem's Lot, the audiobook, is approximately 30 hours. Ah, what a surprise that the Stephen King book <laughs> is lengthy. So if you just want to stay awake in bed all day and do nothing else but listen to that, then that might that might work. I remember um, before the It movies came out, the the remakes, I got an Audible account, and I was like, oh, for my free book or whatever, I'll just download uh, It and and listen to the audiobook, mm -hmm. and it's like seventy hours or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to listen to this, and I still haven't. Uh, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised that a Stephen King book is lengthy. Well, you can listen to Stephen Weber from wings. And also, you know what I just watched recently is, uh, the TV version of the shining and my God, that is even worse than I remembered or, uh, than anyone has ever painted it to be watching it now as a 31 year old man, uh, Stephen Weber and Pat Hingle from the Batman movies who plays Commissioner Gordon and Elliot Gould has a part and I can't believe he did a part and he's not trying at all he clearly doesn't care it's a very wooden show up collect your paycheck performance and I I'm just stunned that he decided to do that how many episodes is that that's the one that Stephen King directed right he wrote it mick garris directed it. mick garris who's oh. a notable hack uh one of the worst <laughs> in the biz oh wow that's uh that's uh, the F- fangoria fans will have an issue with that yeah he'll probably tweet uh. me if someone clips that <laughs> yeah what, what's his best movie you think mick garris the master of horror yeah. what's his best movie yeah. Uh, probably yeah. The Shining, 1997, starring <laughs> Stephen Weber. Uh, let's just take a look at his. He's a guy, you know, we're talking about Handmaid's Tale tonight. Uh, he's a guy who loves to adapt Stephen King's work. So I think everything notable he did, maybe there's like a Psycho sequel or something in there. Uh, but all of his work that has made an, an impact, that has made a splash, has typically been 
adaptations of Stephen King's books. Well, he did Hocus Pocus. He did The Fly 2. He contributed to Nightmare Cinema. Michael Jackson's Ghosts, which is a big old step down because didn't Scorsese direct uh, Michael Jackson music video right before then? I think John Landis might have directed one. It's, uh, I, I don't know. Let me see. Hose. Yeah, and the, the, the stand for episodes of that. Yeah, you know what? That's not bad. It, it's very 90s. It's very dated in that regard. Which, but... which Nightmare on Elm Street is the Nightmare Begins Again? None. Is that a TV? That's what none. That's not a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Oh, Freddy's Nightmares, okay. maybe. Uh, Sleepwalkers, Psycho 4, uh, uh, Critters 2. Damn, you were right. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. <laughs> why, why is he a master of horror then? They just not have anyone else? Because he's friends with everybody who's talented. He just kind of latched on and never went away. Damn. Desperation. Who? Hold on. Who who is the Mick Garris of our circle? What do you mean our circle? It's just one we shade on one. If of we're our the masters of horror, right? If you're John Landis and I'm uh, John me, Carpenter, don't make me shit the in one of our friends. Wait, why am I John Landis? <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm not gonna shit on one of our friends, but friend, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Who who would you think would be the Mick Garris? <laughs> oh, who, who, who who's the Stuart Gordon of our friends in Masters of Horror? Stuart Gordon directed Stuart Beyond Gordon. Reanimator, right? Yeah, he did his stuff, I think. The stuff. This really like. Didn't the he? stuff was directed by Larry Cohen, who did the sequel. Oh, that's true. To Salem's oh. Lot, Return to Salem's Lot. Stuart you ever see that? Gordon. That's a terrible, awful movie with a young Tara Reid in it. Stuart Gordon, the reanimator. Uh, King of the Ants. Space, space Truckers. That movie rules. Uh, Castle Freak, which you like. Ro that, was, Robot that was one of my earliest horror films watched is Castle Freak. Uh, have you ever seen Robot Jocks with an X? No. It's, uh, it's like a Pacific Rim, but in 89 and it's a pg movie uh and the graphics are all 80s computer shit it's 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 not good but i, I really enjoyed myself watching that just because of how 80s it is mm -hmm. uh but but yeah to go back to your question who do you think our mick garris is <laughs> who is the mick garris um well are we going by people who create things or just people who hover in I mean, you asked the question. I don't know. You set the rules, I guess. Yeah, but it's open for interpretation. So you're you're interpreting of that maybe very different from mine. Oh, he did Bag of Bones with Pierce okay. Brosnan. I think was the star of that for A and E. Bag of Bones, yeah. and then Desperation is an all time terrible Ron Perlman performance. Yeah. Mick. Oh, I was right. I was correct. Mick Garris did Psycho Four. The beginning, which I also talked about on Perfume Nationalist with Jack. Is that good? What do you mean by good? 
what do you think of Psycho 4? I've only seen the first one. I think I've heard that, what is it, number three or number two are good? Kind of like Everybody, the, the, big, the big take right now, much like it was Halloween 3 season of the Witch is great, which I said fucking 10 years before people hopped right. on that train. Uh, is Psycho 2 is actually a great movie. It's actually a really good film. Uh, Psycho 4, the beginning, is a TV movie, apparently. I did not thought... I, I didn't think that I had watched this movie. And then Jack started talking about it, and I was like, oh, actually, no, I did see that movie because I remember uh, Olivia Hussey, who plays Norma Bates, right, uh, has an incestuous relationship with Norman that is portrayed in the film. And she's like young and 30 years old and tan. And Norman's like 15 or something. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's like, oh. Not played by the same guy. And that was a Showtime feature. How about that? So we're talking about made-for-cable films. Um, Is is Anthony Perkins in that one or had he died by then? No, he was was in it. He's in it. Okay. if, If I remember correct, and I might have it wrong, He's rehabilitated as of Psycho 2, right? And the Psycho 2 is all about them trying to turn him nuts because it's uh, one of his victims' family members wanting revenge on Norman. In Psycho 4, he's phoning into like a talk radio show and regaling his experience with his mother that turned him insane because he's starting to hear voices again. And then they do it all through uh, flashbacks. So, So base hotel? Kind of, yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, I remember her being young and attractive and being like, Norman, please pour the oil on my back and on my calves. <laughs> and it's just, uh, uh, you know, very erotic. Incestuous. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's very uh, mother-son eroticism on Showtime. Yeah, no, I... Uh, I know nothing about that. <laughs> you know nothing about that. About that movie at all. Uh, you, you, hold on. Your mother never said, Hans, I need uh, you to hey. pour some hot oil on my calves. <laughs> oh, my thighs. They're sore. <laughs> it's like, no. Ugh. Please rub my cellulite. It hurts. It's uh, disgusting. It takes that a, sounds awful. Yeah. That's, takes a uh, real type of guy to be able to do that for his mother. I used to work with a doctor who would give his mother checkups and would check for lumps. He was a gay guy, but, uh, you know, it's still weird. Touching your mother's breasts, bare breasts. It's a gay guy, so he's not going to get it hard. But, I think he know. offered his, <laughs> his father cancer checkups on his, on his testicles. Yeah, let me feel your balls, cancer. Dad. <laughs> let me feel your nuts. Please cough, Dad. <laughs> just like that um, is that a rifle behind you there i don't know what's behind me i'm <laughs> i'm not even it's home right the, now it's a conservative so, podcast yeah <laughs> this is to appeal to bonfire legend daily wire yeah. this is now part of the network right. this is my alt-right look is this blonde yes. hair um yeah. i'm gonna don't start wearing blue me. blue contacts so i look like aoc's photoshop that's been making the rounds on twitter <laughs> That people have been losing their shit about in both sides of the aisle. One of them horny and the other ones, this is unacceptable. You should not be doing mm-hmm. this to a, a lady of color. 
just like fucking relax. lady of color. If I was a woman of color, I, I would demand people call me lady of color. Yes, that's what I need to be called now. A gentleman of color. Gentleman of color. <laughs> to the gentleman of color on the movies <laughs> podcast. Yeah. That's um, how you need to introduce me now. And with me, the gentleman, gentleman of, color, of color, Hans. Hans. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. Handmaid's Tale. What would you rate The Handmaid's Tale, 1990, starring Robert Duvall, starring Natasha Richardson, starring, I forgot the other woman, Elizabeth McGovern? Karen Black. Uh, I think I gave it one and a half stars, and that might be high. You had That's a very nice. popular letterbox. It's not popular on letterbox yet, but it will be, hopefully, after the Facebook post I made makes the rounds a little bit more oh you did yeah what they the... are eating it up which uh why don't i just pull that up real quick so you i mean people don't even really need to listen to this show and if you're disappointed we didn't get into the handmaid's tale 1990 well enough i think hans's review here will do the job sufficiently to let you know what his take on this feature film is so uh the screen cap here is loading hans wrote and you can go. Do you know what your URL is on Letterboxd? Oh, I think it's like Shut Up Mexican or something like that. It's old. That was my username a long time ago, and I just yeah. never changed it. You don't even look Mexican. You could stop that. It's gonna be. You're gonna be accused of appropriation at some point. Uh, Hans L. So maybe if you type in Hans L, he'll come up. Handmaid's Tale, 1990. One, not even one and a half stars. One star. So you're feeling okay. more generous now. You're thinking back on it, and going, oh, maybe it was pretty good. Uh, Hans wrote, if you ever wanted to see Robert Duvall busting loads into a five, this is the film for you. Yeah. Uh, That's Ian, a good summary of it. Ian Newton wrote, apt analysis. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's so true. It's, it's, this is exactly what the movie is. It doesn't try to sell you on it being anything else, to its credit. Uh, it is marketed as just dumb female book book of the week adaptation uh shit and that's what it is so don't watch it maybe watch it more than the 2017 2018 hulu series because who wants to have anything to do with that uh especially when they have uh yvonne playing the uh very sexy commander's wife and in this movie, she's old and dried up. So you got to think about it. It is probably true to reality, though. You have the hot supermodel from Sweden as the wife. And this dumb motherfucker goes for gross little troll Elizabeth Moss. That's what he's going to sacrifice his marriage for, is fucking that little dainty, not, not even dainty in like a petite way. She's just small and menacing. Yeah. it's that's That was my issue with The Invisible Man, that I was like, if you have a the power to get a suit that makes you invisible. Why would you go torture this ugly woman <laughs> when you can do literally anything? So it was very, very difficult for me to believe that anything like that was happening. It's just like, just leave her alone. She sucks. Well, that's been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.